ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Midnight Mission. We are here for the finale, the grand finale of the Moon Knight uh, series. Season, well, it's not even a season, this is a mini-series. They've confirmed it today. Apparently there are no plans for uh, a season two. However, it is left open-ended, so we will talk about that. We're going to be talking about gods and monsters, the, the final episode. And I'm joined by uh, two people that have joined us previously. I'm joined by uh, Rhea Carrigan. And uh, Jack, uh, how are you going, guys? Let's start with Rhea. How are you doing? You okay? Hashtag Team Layla. <laughs> <laughs> That's where That's... I'm at. Thank you. Yeah. Is it, is it also sort of like hashtag Dan's wrong? Is that what you're saying? Oh, yeah. yeah let's, do, let's do that. Let's get that going. So hashtag yeah. Dan's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag fuck you, Dan. <laughs> we'll get that on the Discord. See what you say to that. <laughs> uh, Jack, how about yourself? Are you doing okay? I'm great, thanks. I'm, I'm taking the monster part. Yeah, Rhea can be the god and I'll be the monster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, fantastic, thanks. And um, yeah, excited now we've got to the end. And six feels about right, but also I'm sad. Like, mm. I could have watched some more. Yeah, uh, that's a good... I was asking you one of my questions, okay? What was like, you know, do you think there should be more, more Moon Knight? Um, let, what, let's start with that, though, because obviously you guys, before, you know, you already sort of, been on the, on this and Rhea, you're right at the beginning but in fact let's say that because Rhea you came on right mm. at the beginning and you've been catching up since the very first episode how have you found the series uh both really enjoyed some of it and really middling on some of it not bad like mm. I, um, I know some people there's some some parts of it that some people haven't really enjoyed but I have very much gone sharing what it's on it's entertaining I like it Oscar Isaac is amazing um, I think they're trying to do something really interesting. I love uh, Layla. Uh, I and I love that you know the cast, the storytelling is about Egyptian heritage, Egyptian mythology, Egyptian history. I think that's really unusual, and especially the way they've packaged it up to make it more digestible for mm. for different audiences i've enjoyed all of that stuff in it, about it in general i've absolutely loved the performances uh in terms of the storytelling i've really enjoyed the mythology i think we're probably all in agreement that episode five was the best episode um especially due to oscar isaac's performance which mm. is was just you know you watch it and you forget he's playing both characters mm. you, you think he's two different people he's just such a talented actor um and and yeah i i think it's been quite hit and miss but the the miss hasn't annoyed me mm. or offended me um yeah so I, I i've enjoyed watching it it's not been must see tv but i i'm sort of a bit out of love with that sort of concept now i sort of like just sitting and watching something at my own pace and i think this has been a good show to do that it's not trying to overwhelm you it's not trying to be oh, look how clever we are it's like come along for a romp yeah and i've enjoyed that what about you jack so obviously you came in you know, a few episodes ago but since mm. since then how what, have you found the last couple of episodes so i think <clears throat> yeah when i came in it was episode four wasn't it and i mm. felt, i felt like it was a bit of a slow gradual process in for me but then four mm. really hooked me and then yeah five was outstanding and i think there's a lot good to say about six as well i th i think six is feels about right the number that we've had mm. but we are obviously left in a place where we would I assume when I say we, I'm talking about other people as well um, that, that would like to see more from the character. I think 
mostly, as you said, Rhea, Oscar Isaac's performance is outstanding. He's been really well supported by by the other actors. You know, obviously Ethan Hawke is great and everything. Um, Callum Away, I'm sorry if I butchered that name. Yeah, yeah. she's fantastic as Layla as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do, whether it is a standalone or whether he will suddenly pop up uh, as a character within somebody else's franchise. For all we know, people might be watching him right now in Doctor Strange. Um, yeah. You just don't know, do you, with these guys? Well, this is the thing now. I think I said this when speaking with Dan. Um, I think it maybe you guys are like, I just don't believe anything they say anymore. <laughs> I just can't. And But the fact is, I mean, the two things you've got coming up, <clears throat> you've got obviously Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Got my ticket for tomorrow afternoon. Um, but the other one is, is, is Thor... Mm. love and thunder and you know no spoilers but you know it's, it's out there the you know if you've seen the trailer mm. the insinuation is that there will be other pantheons of gods explored in that other than the norse gods so does the egyptian gods pantheon come back is that mm. is that an opportunity don't know but like you know like you say this this feels like an introduction mm. um and we'll get to a thing in this. There's been obviously, the, you know, in episode four we talked about it. it ends with them spinning the sky back, and they create they've created like an eclipse, and he spins the, the night sky back like two thousand years. This this episode also contains something that you'd be like, if you were one of those Avengers or one of those sort of like periphery heroes, being like. I think we should go to Egypt. It looks like something's going on. Yeah, it feels very <laughs> Doctor Strange goes, oh, wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait. So it's happening. Well, not even Doctor Strange. Like, you've got like Sam Wilson, Captain America, who'd be like, there were two kaiju fight, like, one of them with <laughs> a skull head, and they were fighting on the pyramids of Giza. Like someone needs to look into this. So um, I don't know. Yeah, but we will get to that point. But to get into the episode, because... Um, mm. This episode as well, I, I agree with what you say as well, Jack. I feel like this, this feels like a six-issue arc. Like, if this was a comic run, this feels like a good six-issue intro arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I liked that. Um, but this episode starts with uh, Mark. Um, it's in the field of reeds. He has reached paradise, paradise and he's there with Talouette and um, has the opportunity to live life happy, uh, but makes the decision to go back to save Stephen. Uh, and so leaves the field of reeds and goes into the sands of the lost souls and finds uh, Stephen and sort of has this <laughs> a wonderful sort of um, uh, speech about how, you know, uh, you were created at the right moment, you protected me, and ends with um, the, um, the the point he says is you were the only superpower I ever, you were, you were the, you know, the only superpower I ever needed, or you were my superpower. Um and that allows and that the gates open and they are about to re-enter um, the world, you know, and Tarot sort of, <laughs> I love that sort of like surfs in to stop them. There's like a, 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 what's it, tsunami of sand and she comes in. She's brilliant, by the way. I think she's a fantastic character. Um, but in the real world, uh, at the same time, uh, Harrow has uh, retrieved the statue of uh, Amit uh, and he's releasing her and he's getting ready to um, pass judgment on, on the world. So this opening bit, those two, let's start with Mark and Mark and in the afterlife. Um, Jack, what were your thoughts on sort of seeing this, this the whole his speech and him reuniting with Stephen? I, I mean, I thought 
it followed on nicely from what you and Dan were saying last week about how like how moving it is to see these two characters and the growth they've had and the connection they they've now got and how reliant they are they're only a whole being now when they're together and mm. as you said really like the Oscar Isaac performance as both of them is so good like ridiculously good that he's able to physically transform himself whilst he's the same character and you know either next to another three cgi specialness or like within the same body as it is later so i really liked that i am finding and it's not just marvel that does this because i'm tired of people like marvel this marvel that is their fault i watched Jurassic park again on the weekend with um <clears throat> my eldest um after building Jurassic park lego which is you know what a bank holiday weekend it's yeah. a great day <laughs> <laughs> um and it reminded me actually like you know I'm sorry to go on like a massive tangent here, Scott. Um, no, go for it. You know, back then, what, 1993, people yeah. were doing scary stuff and then having a joke and scary mm-hmm. stuff and then having a joke. Yeah. It's not a Marvel invention. Anyway. No. Um, well, it's not even, you say 90, sorry, I'll go back even further. No, it's not even a, a 90s thing. It's, mm. it's, it's more an 80s thing. I think like Goonies. 80s action films. Yeah, yeah. I think if you think about it from a kid's point of view, they're like, you know, Goonies, Monster Squad, um, yeah, it's it, it's not a Marvel invention. It's been around for for decades. So mm. I agree completely. Good. Sorry, sorry that weird tangent. It jumped <laughs> into my head. Um, but only because I really enjoyed that moment. And, they, you know, he put the heart in the hands and they both froze and then they both unfroze, which I totally get at the moment. And it was really quite moving, especially that mm. speech he gave about the superpower. But it made me think of um, a criticism a lot of us had with Boba Fett and that at the end of Mandalorian, we had this really beautiful powerful tear-jerking moment when Grogu leaves sorry spoilers for all these shows if people haven't watched them um and I've told the story before I was sat on the sofa with my eldest both of us crying our eyes out it was a really beautiful father-son moment on screen in between us and then a couple of months later we're back together hooray mm. so th- this is a more of a problem for me is that we have these really touching moments we had one a week ago in Moon Knight and then we undo it really quickly I don't know like I get well, it. We want Mark and Stevens to be back together, but yeah. it, if I want to rewatch the show now, that moment in episode five is going to mean nothing. It's yeah. I think I, I see what you're saying because I agree. Actually, I sort of felt something similar in watching it. Like, oh, it sort of undercuts the the tension of the last episode, the ending of the last episode. But it is episodic TV. It's supposed to sort of like you know be like Batman sixty six, you know, back, you know in the the the, uh, the booby trap, whatever. What I would say is though. That's, that's, that's interesting to me is it wasn't intentional, you know, like um, Stephen sacrificed himself to save Mark. Um, and so it, you, although you get the touching moment, it's not like it, it wasn't, an, it wasn't almost an intentional sacrifice. It was almost an in, in, unintentional sacrifice. Um, and it was actually Tauret who intervened and was like, well, no, you're, you're, you're balanced now. So tough. Um, and so it was actually because the, then again, he makes the decision, doesn't he? Because because Tara mm. says like, if you leave, like you can never come back. This is it. Like, you are you know you are making a decision to leave paradise, and he cho- he makes that decision to save Stephen, who is an altar was created. You know when he was was it was a young boy. So I, I do get what you're saying, but I felt because they built on it rather than fully undercut it like in the moment i was there and i thought exactly the same as you and then i thought well i feel they, they built on it so i would sort of counter with that but um, mm, no, I, do, a good I, do argument, see, I do see what you're saying no no i, I actually you know that is a nice way to, to, to put it in that it's like two indiv- individual sacrifices that still count for something mm. that becomes a whole unsacrifice yeah i would say though 
it all seems a little easier for them to come back to life. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think you've both got very valid points, but I did find it a little eye-rolly, uh, both in terms of, oh, yeah, he loses, Stephen sacrificed himself, he loses Stephen, uh, and then he was in, in the field of reeds, and I was like, wow, are they actually going to do something interesting? Like, is he not going to get Stephen back? What is, because, you know, they, they've gone down the mental health fractured personality route. What does that mean for Mark? Like, how mm. does he put himself back together without having Stephen? I thought, oh, are they going to do something really interesting with that? And then I just went, no, he's going to go back and get Stephen. And it doesn't mean that moment isn't powerful, but it just, it, it's the simple solution in storytelling, right? It doesn't mean that it's not good and it's not powerful, but I just sort of rolled my eyes and went, of course he's going to go back and get Stephen, which is fine because I wanted to see more Stephen. I wanted to see more of the personalities and stuff like that, but I just think it could have been done in a different way. As Jack said, it, the previous episode was so powerful. Yeah. When they started going down the history of how Stephen came about, I... I, I I wasn't sure about it because I'm very much against storytelling using childhood trauma to inform who people are as adults. I think that's quite lazy storytelling unless it's done well. And I thought in that episode, it was actually done really well. Mm. I didn't feel like it was exploitative. I thought, you know, stuff you and Dan talked about, I thought the child actors were really good and that helped deliver it. And Oscar Isaac's performance helped deliver it. I thought there was some nuance in it as well, which made it feel less trophy and exploitative to me so I was so I was suddenly on board with it and I was like okay yes I am on board I'm I'm not as trepidatious as I was to then have the Stephen sacrificed and then and then you know bring him back and then they're fighting and stuff I don't know it just felt it felt a little bit like a cop-out it doesn't mean I was dissatisfied with it but mm. I just felt it, I, I do agree with Jack, I just think it makes the impact of the previous episode not as not as great. Yeah. And I understand that it's episodic, I totally get your side, but I get both sides, but I just think there could have just been some minor things that could have could have made it feel less eye-rolly for me. It's one of those, I think, again, that we said like six episodes is en- was enough, but I almost think like if you'd have had seven episodes, like one, one another maybe episode for a finale and then epilogue maybe <clears throat> which we'll talk about you may have had the ability for like mark went back alone so maybe you brought mark back to life and he's like well you know and steven is back there and he realizes that like he isn't as good at being moon knight anymore without and actually decides to kill himself again <laughs> to, to has to return in some way you know like one of those things where they're like right if i'm dead like, it sounds again it's slightly cliche because you have seen it like you know i'm gonna say i'm gonna stop my heart i will go to the field of the, the desert and retrieve you know Stephen, but i've only got six minutes you could have had that you know that that sort of like you know the choice and i suppose you could have had that but it then it then sort of i think would have affected the pace of the overall story so i get what you say. i do agree because i think like it's it, this episode felt a little rushed yeah um, or, or stephen doesn't have to be sacrificed at all you know why can't he just be in in the field of reeds and they say to him you either get to stay here like stephen's just like maybe hanging out in the on the boat or something do you know yeah. what which so beautiful but you know and saying you, you you have two pathways 
your pathway is with Stephen, but your pathway is, is here. Mm. Uh, you know, I just, there didn't need to be, I think the choice is important. I think yes. how the choice comes about didn't work fully for me. No, I, I, see, I, I agree with what you're saying. I see what you're saying. There are things I think they could have tweaked to make it a little bit more impactful or, or, or more of a, make the choice harder. That's it. That's it. Thank you. Uh, I think that's the thing because you know, it, it, even in his speech, Mark actually says like, you know, I was in the field doing. Oh, it's beautiful, and I'm going. Even I'm going like, really? <laughs> like, I, I don't want to live there forever. Yeah. Like, what do you do? I'll be really like, <laughs> that, you know, is there Wi-Fi? Play, play a tune on the on the reeds. Yeah. I said, I'll be like, where's 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 the TV? Like, where's my books, <laughs> my comics? Like, I want something. Um, if he'd have seen. And this is something I did think about, like, and I thought this was going to happen because he obviously mentions, like Tara mentions Layla's dad later on. I thought there would be an opportunity for Mark to see the people that he has killed, to see that they have passed on and be like, this is your opportunity for forgiveness. Yeah. Like, if you stay here, the, this is your redemption. Like, you know, these people, you were, you were, this is your opportunity to be forgiven. And if he chooses to to not take that to save Stephen, I think that would like something like that. No, you make it a harder choice. But anyway, I think we're going for this. But I agree. I think I did. The thing is, I did like it, and I thought mm. it was good. It, That's it, it. I didn't like it. It just, you know, you didn't not like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, so we've been dating, debating it for a long time for something. I'm yeah. just like, eh, on. Yeah. There is that interesting, like, it's real quick, Scott, I promise I'll move on. Yeah. Like, you, it's just jumped into Michael's what you said. There could have been a really interesting mirroring between that Amit and harrow scene mm. where she's like yours your you have imbalance but i need to use you for now mm. yes because stephen has an imbalance so mm. i don't know there could have been something they could have played with there as well that might be interesting too yeah and that's really the point actually but we'll talk let's, let's get to that as well because mm. the amit scene as well so harrow does he has the, he has the statue the statue is um, smashed and, and amit is, is revealed firstly what do you think what do you think what do you think of her uh, as a design very great. cool. Loved it. Yeah, mm. I thought she looked great, and the fact like that her sort of like locks and everything flowed into a tail and all that sort mm. of stuff. I thought. Was I was cool. in her mouth, like all in her mouth, like all the yeah. strands. Yeah, it was just. I thought it was a fantastic design. Um, and so I'm liking the fact that these Egyptian deities have actually got such quite cool designs, and they're very different as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, she comes back, and she in that point she makes obviously two two uh, harrows. You say like you know she's like you're not my perfect avatar, but you're the best of what I've got at the moment. Let's go past judgment. Um, and he then is his um, the staff then turns into like an axe kind of kind of thing and stuff. Um, his willingness as well, because he actually says he he is such a devotee, such a such mm. a. a, a an apostle or whatever you want to say, of, of her, of Ahmed, that she sort of says, like you say, there's an imbalance in you. And he, he actually is willing to sacrifice and sort of say, well, I'll pack, I'm willing to sort of sit to your judgment, whatever that may be. And she says, well, uh, you said, like, well, I need you at the moment because you're basically the best I've got. And so I need you because the imbalance comes from what you're going to do. Um, what are your thoughts of that then? Sort of the, this, you know, the building relationship between Ahmet and Haro in that scene. Um, Rhea, what were your thoughts in that scene? I saw it your reaction. Annoyed, it annoyed me in such a good way. I was so annoyed by him because he's such a zealot. He's yes, that's such a, a zealot, and, yes. and I hate zealots. You know, I hate you know the the 
Smugness. Pro life, every life, man. Bullshit. Like, I, like, I hate those zealots. So I absolutely love that he was a complete and utter zealot. That he mm. was just, you know, yep, fine. I'm not good enough. Just kill me then. I don't. But he, like, I just, oh, it makes so annoyed. I loved it. It's such a good way because he's such an interesting villain. He, you know, I think you, it, you don't know until that point that he is such a zealot, that he is willing mm. to die for the cause. You know, a lot of it, you think it's about the power. It's about the power that he, you know, because there's so, it would be so easy to write a villain that he then, you know, he's like Jafar from Aladdin. who's like, actually, I want to be a genie. Ah, ha, ha, I want yeah, all the power, yeah. you know, that sort of over the top. And he's not that. And, you, and, and, and I do think that is what, that makes him well-written and it makes him more interesting. Thanos, you know, we all talk about it. It's, it's sort of, and it, and it works well, his blinding belief, especially against Mark and Stephen, who don't really know who they are, who are trying to figure out who they are, who are being manipulated it, it, by conduits. Yeah, I, I love it. And I, I, I stick to what I said in the first episode, is he's so hammy, but good ham. All the good, tasty ham. Yeah, we're not going to go to ham tangent though. Again, right? <laughs> no, not again. I'm, cu- no. I'm cutting you off at that point. <laughs> um, but I agree. Like, yeah, I, I actually agree. Like, his acting is, it, it's like he, what is it? Like, he gets the assignment. Like, he he understood the assignment. Like, he knows what he is. What about you, Jack? What were your thoughts um, on on that scene? I thought that moment was really, really brilliant writing because I think there was a lot of subtextual storytelling going on. Yeah, I agree. Definitely, just had read this idea of like his zealotry, his like the length he's willing to go to but then he's also like oh well but if i can stay alive then great and if i don't have to abide by the rule i've already set out and if you're (laughs) great even better so that sense of like who these people are they they put out this viewpoint that their their way is the right way and they'll do whatever it takes but then actually as soon as there's a chance for them to get a win they'll do that too so there's definitely some commentary on those kind of people you were just alluding to Rhea, about you know these people who are pro-choice you know there's definitely you know you yeah, can I'll choose try which, not to go on a rant sorry you can choose which one you want to yeah you want to go down the rant on but it's all of them right it's all these people who it's, really it's, like, it's usually the same person isn't it sort of like well, you know, <laughs> good point yeah. pro-gun pro-execution pro-life you know yeah almost, they don't seem to gel but that's the position they take so yeah i thought that was excellent excellent writing mm. and and d- deliberate that's definitely there mm. Mm. yeah and it's, it's it's funny we've got to a point now with uh, effects and I think that you know I will say there's been a couple of instances in this series where the CGI has been a little rubbery yeah it's um, not been my favorite no the jackal there's an ep- there's an em- the, the moment the return of moon Knight in this episode's a little rubbery as well however I would say though when um Harrow is having that sort of moment and Amet is walking around him and stuff like she she looks great, and you although she's got a crocodile head, like you can see that there's an expression there of like, well, I have a mission, and so and you're willing to give up, you know, it's just almost to to fulfil that mission. So you're you're all in, and so then there's a satisfaction, like you know, crocodile grin going on, as it were. Um, and so I was really impressed with that. Um, but yeah, so from there though, you know, as again they're doing that, the, the, the other character that is on all in, involved in us is Layla. Um, hashtag team Layla. Um, <laughs> so she she uh, escapes, she sort of gets attacked, managed to sort of escape, and she finds the statue of Conchu, smashes it, uh, and in doing so has a kind of confrontation, conversation with Conchu. Now it's been alluded to that 
she is to be the next avatar in Mark's absence. And Conchu starts his spiel and she's like, no, 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 no. Not having that. I'm not going to be an avatar. I'm not. That's not what I'm here to do. Not even temporarily. Nothing. So they, but they do form a coalition. <clears throat> and um, so they are going to go and try and take on Amit. Um, but at that point as well, we have, at the same time, that is also the return of sort of like, you know, Mark sort of comes back to life around that time, which is when I was like, this was a too, a little too coincidental. However, before that though, we do have Layla and Khonshu confronts uh, Ahmet and we get the first sort of god battle, as it were, in, in the, uh, the pyramid. But what were your thoughts on Layla sort of confronting Khonshu and then Khonshu going off and fighting um, Ahmet, uh, Jack? Um, I mean, I think Rhea's going to be able to speak about this much more eloquent yeah. than me and importantly than me. But I've, I think Layla has a couple of excellent lines, one which we'll get to later, that's really important. But she has one here as well, where she's like, no way, I won't be enslaved to you. And yeah. I think, again, very deliberate writing, very pointed, very, you know, the message there is clear and is meant. I think um, it was a really important, important moment for a show that has depicted her character growth. And she has definitely had growth, mm. regardless of where she goes later in this episode, just her as a, a person within the, the show um, has had growth. And th this is where she's got to. Like, I'm here for me now, for my mission, for my purpose, not to be with Mark, not to do this. And, not, um, and it was all said in those couple of simple words. Yeah, yeah. completely agree, yeah. I mean, I, I love Layla, and I think... I don't want to be mean about anyone. Um, <laughs> be mean. But, no, you know, I, I think... I don't think Dan is wrong in terms of he was... Exp you know, he has high standards for what he wanted the Layla character to be. Mm -hmm. And I completely get that, you know, because I do think it is hard when you're up against a character like Moon Knight being played by Oscar Isaac. And I, you know, I do think, especially in some of the earlier, earlier episodes, she, you know, especially episode two when she first appears and then it's like, oh, I just happen to have a friend who has lots of ancient artifacts. Like I... I did not enjoy that, but not because of her character. I think because of because of sto poor story writing around her character. In terms of a character, I, you know, I love, I loved seeing her. I thought she's. I'm saying this as a white woman, as a privileged white woman, but seeing a woman from Egyptian heritage who is not white being a major player in a six part TV show opposite Oscar Isaac, written by people from Egyptian heritage, telling, telling a story about Egyptian mythology and history and gods is so incredibly important. We will get to that. I can't imagine how much that means to people. I am an intersectional, fem intersectional feminist and seeing that means a lot to me and I am not the intended audience for it. But to see another woman who is not, I mean, obviously she's beautiful, but not conventionally pretty. And her beauty has nothing to do with her no, role. I was going to say, like, at yeah. all. And she's never sexualized. So, never yeah. sexualized. Nobody says, oh, you're a beauty. Nobody does any of that. It's so amazing. It's yes. wonderful for me to see. Um, you know, you know, and I just, and I love her character growth. And I, she's, She's always, she's just, you know, she ha I agree with Jack, she has changed, but she's always being a strong character throughout. She's always mm. 
even you know she's always had a sense of self even that gets unsteady in sort of like episode four and she's like what do you mean about my father you know but she shows emotion she's not afraid to show that she loves Mark she's not afraid to show that she's scared she's not afraid to tell Mark what to do you know she is fully rounded especially in a Marvel action show Mm. which you know the best we've had and I still think she she was not treated correctly is Black Widow and and now I you know I would love to see her in more Layla in more things absolutely again we'll we'll talk about some of that stuff going forward um yeah I just I just I just just love her I think the performance is fantastic there's something later that she does which is just after this where you know she I think she almost rivals Oscar Mm -hmm. Isaac's performance um, and I think she just brings, I think she just brings so much to the role. And I think she's really important. And I think she's a really important character. I've not really addressed any of the things you've asked. I've just sort of no, talked it's good, about it's her really, really but, excitedly. And and I want to be her. Like, yeah. There's so many characters I Me too. see. Yeah, yeah, right? There's so many female characters I see and I just go, ugh. And I like, you know, for me, she's Ripley. She's Princess Leia. I you, want to so, see her. I'm so glad you've just used those two, actually, because uh, Leia was my one of my go-tos for this, was that sort of thing. And I was trying to think of, like, what's a comparable character where she's sort of like... it, it A young Leia, mm. you know, original trilogy Leia, felt like a comparable character where... And that was obviously, you know... Even then, obviously, like, Leia's problematic in... Uh, Return of the Jedi and, and that sort of thing. Like this, you know, that's the eight. It's, it's a different. It, it's intentional. I I will hold my hand. We have a print of Leia in the gold bikini because I know it's terrible. I know it's objectified. I know it was absolutely awful for Carrie Fisher, but also Leia's badass in the gold yeah. bikini. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, and and I'm aware those two things are conflicting. Well, and I don't Fisher, say separate Carrie, to what we're talking yeah. about, but and just Carrie Fisher reconcile and Carrie Fisher reconcile with it later in life and and. You know, fine. But I was thinking about this. this the thing with, with Layla, where it felt comparable, was after all this, and Harrow sort of leaves, um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but it's, it's worth doing it, leaves the, the pyramid, uh, and they get they all get in their Jeeps and all this other stuff. Like, she infiltrates them. Like, mm. she knows the stuff that's gone on. Like, she's lost Mark. She's seen Conchu sort of take a whooping um, in this moment, and she carries on. She's like, I've still got to carry on this mission. Like, you know, I will grieve or whatever later. And so I was really impressed that there was no sort of like, yeah, like, you know, oh my God, like, how, what, what do I do now? What do I do? I, I must follow it through. Like, it was just an instant, like, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to infiltrate this and I've got to stop them. She's um, got big, bad ovaries. Yeah. She has. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. She, yeah. She, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of like, I was gonna think of her. I was trying not to say something like because I was gonna say she got balls, but like, no, you're right, she's got a big pair of over. Um, <laughs> but she's and I love that that she did, she sort of just carried on. Um, and I think this is leading to the scene you're talking about, because obviously then the the dead bodies start talking to her. Uh Tauret starts talking her th- to her through the dead bodies. And I like that. And there's a moment she's like, you know, hey, you know, oh, he's he, he, Tarot says about Mark and yeah, Mark can come back. And, and she's like, Mark's dead. And it, she's like, yeah, well, I'm talking to you through a dead body. So what? Like, you know, this is like, have you not caught up with how weird things are now? <laughs> um, she then does have that conversation with Tara about being a temporary avatar. Now, this was interesting because 
She didn't give in to Konshu. She refused Konshu outright. And she, but she accepts Tauret for, for well, whether it's temporary or not is to be seen. But she, she accepts Tauret and to become her avatar. I was curious to your thoughts on this, Leia, Raya, because Leila, I'll be Leia or Leia or yeah. Leila. Uh, I'm, Rhea, I'm I, was, I was curious on your thoughts because of who Taura is. Like she's the she is the goddess of uh, of motherhood and childbirth and obviously the afterlife. But I was curious. Do you, do you think it was important that those two had a connection? Yeah, definitely. Leila's not going to let any old crusty old man god enter, <laughs> is she? Right, <laughs> absolutely. And you know, I think. So that the avatars and the gods in this show, I mean, seriously, all those people hanging around in the pyramids, you're all shit. You're so shit. Any ad are job. fucking useless, aren't they? I know. Yeah. Really annoyed really me again this episode. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what? He's back here again. He's up. To... <sighs> oh, oh, they're releasing Emmett, are they? Oh, I'm so shocked by this. Oh, oh God, you're not on my team. Go away. You're useless. Um. Um, gosh, I've, that's just gone on such a tangent then. It's been, it's been really annoying me. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think the representations of the gods, you know, especially with Tarot, she, she is very feminine. And, mm. and when we first see her, when she first starts talking, they, they bring a femininity into, oh, that's quite hard to say, into her, um, into her character design, which I really like. I, you know, um, I think, I think, so that, so when you see Egyptian gods, right, in media, they're often big, muscly men or sexy women in no clothes. And this has gone completely the opposite way. So I love that. I love that already. Um, and I think there are, I do agree with a little bit, bit of what Dan said in the last episode about Tarawet and sort of like, oh, the ditzy stuff, but I didn't mind it. I was just a bit like, it's a bit weird. I don't know why they're doing yeah. it. trying to use that as a personality. But I think they fixed that in this episode and towards the end of the last episode and the beginning of this episode. I think they really fixed that. There's, you can still be powerful and be nice and funny. You don't have to be, you know, you can be all of those things. They're not in contradictions to each other. Um, and I'd, I just feel like Layla felt that they were on an equal footing mm. that's how I felt you know it it felt like an understanding not being manipulated I feel like Tarawet was like look come on this is how we, I've given you the solution but you need to do it with me let's do it in partnership whereas Conchu yes. never feels like a partnership that's and, exactly and, what I was going to say and yeah. I do feel there is something about women in that 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 you know, we often have to work in partnership with each other rather than being the people who walk into the room and immediately expect everybody to look at us and listen to us and do whatever we say. Women, we often have to work in partnership with each other to get somewhere. And even when, you know, even when she gets the costume and everything, none of it's exploitative, none of it, it feels natural, it feels mm. strong and powerful. There's a there's a comment because the scene I want to talk about very quickly is that when they, they are conversing and and Tara is talking through her, um, and I think is that what you were going to say about the performance? Yeah, yeah, and it is. It's again, she she it's really well done. It's fantastic, but there's a line that Tara says when she sort of agrees. There's a moment of excitement because Tara's like, oh, I've, I've I've had a great idea for a costume. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. and you feel like Tara's not had the opportunity to do this. <laughs> this She's is, too I... busy just just on her boat. Yeah, 
I think this is the underworld. I, so honestly, she's like, yeah, I, I think, finally get a chance. Exactly. I think this. I think Layla is Tauret's first avatar. Mm. Um, and so that's why I was like, this is why she's so excited. She's like, I finally got one. This is awesome. And like you say, she chooses, you know. Um, and I'm going to make it awesome. Yeah. I'm not going to give you anything rubbish. I'm going to make it literally awesome. And we will get to that because I want to get to sort of the costume because it's it's actually ace. Because <laughs> um, yeah, um, well, no, she presents it then, doesn't she? she? She whips out the arms and it's got like wings and it's like, it's sleek and it's sort of like got the, you know, it's got, it's got that Egyptian look, but it looks ace um but at the meantime obviously sort of mark is returned um and healed and given the opportunity we see the bullets sort of like come out and he re-accepts the opportunity to be moon knight um and one of the things and this is so i'm going to get to a point now because one of the there's almost like a dropped line there's two dropped lines that explain an awful lot um in this bit and there's one a bit later on so um Mark returns and you have that the ability for so Mark and uh, Stephen can transition very quickly. And so you see sort of like the, the hooded uh, moon knight of Mark and then you see the sort of the suited moon uh, Mr. Knight of, of Stephen. And they've got that ability to transition. Um, and, and Stephen makes a comment about um, we have, I don't know the lines. It's very, very quick. It's we're a package deal. We're a package deal, basically, to show that they are now unified. And what it means is, and it's sort of there's another line later on, which stems back to um, what was happening in the, in the on the boat um, in the last episode when Mark is fighting and Stephen's sort of fighting. He says, "Oh, I hope you know if Stephen. I hope Stephen. You know, Stephen's got the sorry. Yes, he says Mark's got the skills to deal with this, and he sort of realizes. He says, "Well, we're still the same person, so." I've got the skills to deal with this. Um, and so in this now, as this package deal, uh, Stephen now has access to the skills of, they've each got access to each of the skill sets. And so when like you see you see it later on, that when Mr. Knight actually starts fighting, like he calls out Layla, he says, like, look what I can do. <laughs> like he knows he's now got the access to those fighting skills and so can use that stuff, which is really cool. So I love that, that yeah, they've come back now. It's this package deal. Um, and then obviously they say, there's another bit where he says, well, how are we going to get there? And he says, well, you forget I'm the, I'm the god of the, of the, you know, the darts. I'm, I'm god of the night. And basically uses the wind to sort of fly him there. And I'm so cool that I was like, yes, we're getting the glider cape. And, you know, we got, and I, I know this is really stupid. Um, and there was a Batman 89 reference in this. I swear to God, it's a Batman 89 reference. Because he, oh, he shoots up against the moon. He shoots up and goes up against the moon before shooting off. And I was like, oh, they must have known what they're doing when they did that. They, please tell me they must have known. Um, but what about your thought? What were your thoughts then of Moon Knight coming back? It's like the you know, market and, and this whole idea of them being a package deal and agreeing to work with Conchu again. I think when we um, spoke about episode four, we discussed the idea of like, how are they going to get to an end and address the DID and whether and whether it's a negative or a positive thing. And obviously we we hoped and we discussed that we'd get to a place where it's, it's his superpower. And he's literally said that mm. in, in this episode. And I think they've done that, haven't they? And that combination is brilliant. And it allows Oscar Isaac to do his amazing acting and it allows the character to accept all the facets of his personality and it not be 
yeah, and not be a negative thing. It's a, it's a positive thing that he's able to to do this. Uh, I'm not sure how far they take it, or, or you know, this might be in the comics. I don't know. I think the access to the abilities, I guess, makes sense um, because they've chosen to join. Mm. Obviously, should there be any further personalities within the body of Mark, then that's going to be interesting. Should we get any more? How that's going to work as well, and like who has access to what? And well, I have to be honest, the blacking out stuff is problematic for me. Mm. Um, but that's in what way? Also, I'm jumping ahead a bit, but like if I was blacking out, I'd be investigating why. And um, if I then found out it's because there was a Stephen, but then we joined together and we're happy and we're like, we can work together as people, Jack and Stephen, great. But then I still blacked out. I'd be like, well, that would suggest there's a reason why I'm blacking out again and there's somebody else. But uh, never mind, don't worry about it. That that didn't, but that that's problematic for me in terms of because this show hits us hits the sudden breaks and stops yeah um yeah but but yeah sorry i've sort of gone off off on a a tangent but yeah i I like what you're saying about the combination of the two i think is fun and i think it allows to get those cool moments for steven as well particularly like when he does like the brush off the shoulder and then gets an immediate bash for it for like don't get cocky mate like calm down um yeah i I guess what i'm saying is i need to see more to know where this is going to be taken Mm. Well, I think I think we will get to that actually because we will talk about that the blackouts in, in, in a little bit. But there was, I mean, you, this this thing, this ability to transition, like they used it both as a, as a sort of like that combination of package for skill set in the fighting in particular. <clears throat> but the one thing I really liked is when he obviously gets to Harrow, and they sort of have that bit, and it's quite a cool shot. Like he's running up the pyramid, and Harrow's now because Harrow is now sort of as well. Like Harrow is now supernaturally powered. Like we shouldn't acknowledge mm. as well that Ahmet has now given him supernatural powers as well. Um, and so as he's as he do, they start fighting in the air. So yeah, we get that sort of typical Marvel fighting in the air. It all felt a little bit one division, but fine. But there was a shot I really liked. Harrow grabs hold of Moon Knight's cape and hood to pull him back. And he transitions to uh, to Stephen, so he's in the suit, and then so the hood and everything disappears, and he can get away. And I was like, "Cool, like that's a really cool idea." So they can use it for for different purposes. So I was liking that that they've they've got this idea of how to utilize this capability. Um, but yeah, I, I like them as a package. But we'll get to them. We will get to the blackouts in a second. It's important. I think. Is there much else? So like, if Stephen was the like to use broad terms intellectual in terms of his yeah. knowledge and mark was the physical in terms of the fighting and now they're one what else do they like what is the need to transition if they're one now mm-hmm. I, i'm slightly as a, as a new viewer to this character i'm slightly confused on that I, I like what you said there but that works for a couple of moments where now is the that's what I mean. So I want to see more. Like, where does that story go in terms of what what the purpose of having two? So I think I think what people the, are. The, it's, it's not about having a purpose anymore. I think this is the point: is they're both sort of got access to, re, let's say they've both got access to resources, all right, <clears throat> skill sets. But now it's not Mark with Stephen in his body. This is Mark and Stephen. They are within the DID community. They refer to them as a system. So they have accepted they are the Moon Knight system. So they accept they they judge they they have equal standing in this body, and so what I would say is 
<clears throat> it's not about so much, it's not about the skills anymore. Like they've both got access to those. It's about the personality and what that personality will do with those skills. So they've got to agree that in some cases there's going to be um, Mark is the better person to be accessing those skills at this point. Like, you know, he is, he is, yes, we can, we, we are both trained fighters, but he's the one with the war experience. And so he's probably better to have that. And, you know, Stephen has got, so Mark can access the knowledge, but Stephen is the one who knows how to assess it and has the, you know, those sorts of things. So, or, or will address it in a more, you know, compassionate way or something like that. It's about the personality rather than the skills. Um, and I think that's the point is they're now, what, Brothers is the wrong word because they're not brothers, but it's like they are two individuals that, that share that, that, and they are now agreeing to share that, that body. And I think that's sort of the point. Um, mm. is that that's why they're the joint package. It's, it's, it's not an easy concept to sort of mm. like to get your head around. And, and I, I, you know, I understand in the comics, it's, they've, they've barked at it a few times and they've tried it and it's, you know, they're never all in on it. Um, well, I think this is one of the better versions I've seen it, to be perfectly honest. So, yeah, that's, I know that's you've delved what... into this world, haven't you, because of the, the book and things. So that yes. I think you've got a, an insightful perspective on what this presentation of this means to people with the idea. I think what, what you said is it, would, it, it sounds very supportive of people um, and that they would probably like what, what they're seeing, I imagine. I hope so. And, you know, there, there is someone obviously contributing to the book that, that, that is part of a system and I will be contacting them and being like final episode what are your thoughts because I, I do I think it is positive but I'll be interested in what their thoughts are Rhea what are your thoughts on, on that sort of thing I don't I don't really have much to add I think that's a really interesting discussion I think it made me have questions but not bad questions you hmm. know how and when are they deciding to to take over give up you know what is that more you know just more about that relationship how do they know which one's the best in which situation that whole working together you know I, I just find that really interesting mm. in general and it does make me think oh I'd love to see a whole series just about that uh which obviously we're not yeah. getting you know, just I, about I, I, learning I... to get along together not not, not like you know buddy comedy silly yeah. or silly things like they sort of do at the end of this episode but more of just how that plays out in terms of one body a way to of how this would work and a way that they would utilize it like we'll come to jake as well shortly they enter the rest of the mcu okay so they are now a part of the wider mcu and they are going to deal with blade or sam wilson okay no let's say blade or um the winter soldier okay so they're going to deal with bucky and blade Mark is. I watched that show, by the way. Yeah, I know. I was like, that sounds amazing. (laughs) Um, I'm hoping for the film, but um, I think Mark is the better fit. Right? Mark could could Mark can relate to the PTSD of um, uh, Bucky and and the the, the trauma that he's gone through, and also be that sort of like character that Blade would probably relate to. In that same grouping, though, if you're then going to introduce as a wider thing, he is going to then introduce and be part of it with, say, Miss Marvel or, um, you know, being a young, um, you know, young girl or, or a young woman, I should say, sorry. Um, 
or on Twitter, even like Bruce Banner, you know, um, Stephen would be the better fit in those situations where you'd be like, All right, how does that, who does that fit with? Like Stephen's a bit more camp- compassionate and going to be understanding. So he can intellectualize and he can probably talk with Banner, not to that level, but like, do you know what I mean? So that will be how they will be able to utilize. And I think I'm hoping that's how they're going to introduce it. Like, Keep Jake at home. We'll get to Jake, but we'll keep Jake at home. <laughs> but that's what I think he's going to be. I'm hoping is for the return. Um, but yeah, that's that's in my head how I think like they've they've figured this out as a as how they would do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's so so interesting. I think we could just talk about it for ages. Yeah, and that's why I think this, this show has been so yeah. good. And I think sort of like you know, um, I think it's been one of the things I would say that I feel this show has been all its faults. Has been authentic and sincere in its representation, you know, whether it be uh, DID, uh, Egyptian mythology and culture, um, female characters, like it's tried to be as sincere and authentic as possible. No, it hasn't always hit, it hasn't always been 100%, it hasn't always hit the mark, but I think, I think it has tried. And I think it, you know, that's where I think um, I'm quite impressed with it. It's trying to do something different within the confines that it has, you know, it is a Marvel vehicle. So it, is never going to be allowed to go and do something incredibly wacky. Yeah. It is trying to do something, and I think that's really important. Mm. Let's get to the kick-ass action then. So the, mm-hmm. the, the action happens on two sort of levels. Um, uh, so you, you get the two sort of fights. You get uh, Harrow and, and Moon Knight sort of crash land outside of uh, sort of like, I think it's a falafel shop or that, but it's based like a, a town square. And they start to sort of like to kick off, and there's all this thing. Um, and Harrow is going to basically sort of blast a van full of women trying to, and, and people trying to escape. Of course he does. Typical fucking man. Yeah. He? <laughs> He's a van full of women trying to escape. Yeah. That's what I'm going to blow up. Fuck off. Yeah. Well, uh, so he, he hits the van and Layla sort of literally flies in, saves the van and rips the door off to save people. Um, and he's now in her full sort of garb. And this is where we have that moment where there's a young girl. She sort of saves this young girl. She stops the van from hitting this sort of young woman or young girl. And the girl says to her, are you an Egyptian superhero? And Layla replies, I am. Mm. And even, even I will say, even as a pudgy white male, I was like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And there's no hesitation from Layla. I, that's what's so good about her. I'm finding it hard to form words because I find her really exciting that, she is never saved at any point in this. She is not a damsel in distress. Um, from the moment she's introduced and they like infiltrate Harrow, Har- Amet's cult, you mm. know, Mark, Mark buggers off and just leaves her there and she gets out and she has a little nose around, you know, and then she goes off mm. and I bite you. And, and, and to me, that makes sense that therefore when she gets to be the avatar she is an amazing superhero avatar it makes complete sense for her personality that that is the choice that is made yeah and i, and I absolutely love it it's so cool there's no hesitation in that she's an egyptian superhero she's just like yep yeah, i am off i go yeah. off i go to do my job it's a really well measured, like punch the air, like yes, mm. and the the way the music comes in, it's so stirring, and like this is what we want Miss Marvel to be, right? Yes, the whole yes, of Miss Marvel absolutely. needs to feel like moments like this consistently yeah. all the way through. The one thing is, and this is where I want to sort of, this is a bit of a tangent, but we're good at them. <laughs> one of the things I've been thinking about throughout this sort of as this series runs, and we've seen it with other series, the, the comics influence the show and the films, but then the films most definitely influence 
um, the comics. You know, sort of, uh, there has been a transition both ways. I mean, Star-Lord and the Guardians of the Galaxy has definitely become closer to the TV, uh, the film version. Um, and even, like, you know, some of the costuming has come across and stuff like that. Tony Stark looks like Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, all that has sort of happened. Uh, Yondo, Yondo, you know, from, again, now looks way closer to uh, the, the movie version. Those sorts of things. I would not be surprised if, if Layla has a really positive reception, and I'm hoping that it happens. It would not surprise me if there's a you know there's an editorial choice to introduce Layla into Moon Knight at some point. Or well, we'll have her own story, maybe. Well, no, yeah, but Moon Knight will be that. No, that <laughs> she needs an entry point. She was introduced in the Moon Knight show. She will be. Yeah, introduced. she's been introduced now, hasn't she? Yeah, that's not how comics work. Oh, come on, you know. I don't care. Let's maybe do things a bit differently. Hey, need, yeah, we but... should just do whatever you men say we should do. Should oh. a woman kitchen? <laughs> oh, mate, you're in trouble now. <laughs> um, I know. I think that will be the point. I think they'll introduce her in the Moonlight book, and I think if you know, they've done it with others, like you know, not with just Moonlight, but other characters. Agent Carter's another good one. You know, mm. they, they sort of that sort I of love influence. Agent Carter. Um, and so. I'm hoping that would be the case. I honestly think because the, the, the other thing I want to throw out with the wings and like she uses them to be bulletproof and she does, yeah, right. Apart from it, it reminded me of Batfink a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a lot older than most of the audience and British. Um, this worked better for me than Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and Falcon, actually. And, yes. I have to say, it's a kind of a combination of Falcon Cap yeah. and Wonder Woman 84. Better than both. Yeah, I agree. Completely. I was like, the way she handled it and did stuff, I was like, ah, this, this feels more consistent and, mm. and, and, and better suited. So, um, yeah, she, she comes in and she, she's actually really cool. Um, that's when we get the sort of the transition as well between... Moon Knight and Mr. Knight. Mr. And I am redeemed. I'm not redeemed. Mr. Knight is redeemed in my eyes because he does. He gets to use the batons and he's got all the moves and stuff like that. Um, but you're right. They do get a bit of a kick in and then they transition back and forth. We then get, before we get to the final part of the fight, in the background, you've got Kaiju Kaiju. <laughs> Amit and Konshu fighting between the, the pyramids. What, what were your thoughts on that? On that sort of Jack, what are your thoughts on sort of on kaiju gods fighting in Egypt? I thought the juxtaposition was really well done. The mm. the we we kind of have the balance then with the fight. So as Moon Knight and uh, Layla, she hasn't really got her official superhero name yet, has she? Um, are got the have the upper hand against Harrow. So it kind of seems like Conchie's got the upper hand. And then as it switches around with Harrow getting up and Amit does. So I thought that was really well handled. And I think they spent just enough time with the kaiju gods mm. for it to be kind of cool to see. Uh, but cut away because really we want to see the human characters. They're the ones we're invested in. So I thought the editing was, was well handled too. And I think um, because the designs, as we talked about before, were so cool, and actually, because obviously, clearly, all the money's gone on these guys on the kaiju's. <laughs> when you see them massive, it just looks awesome. You've got like yeah. a big skeleton vulture thing taking on a big alligator. It, yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was was an absolute highlight of the show. And you know, and again, I, 
I know it's not always good to make comparisons, but, you know, we were on Book of Boba Fett really criticising a lot of the decisions they made in that finale because they were poor when they brought in a big monster thing. It didn't really work. But here, here it, for me, it all hit anyway. Mm. No, I, I agree. Yeah. Ria, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree. I surprised myself by loving it because I've been waiting for the big CGI fight, which I have no time for anymore. I'm so fed up with it. And I'm fed up being like, oh, and that thing got thrown there. And oh, mm-hmm. there's a laser. And ugh, ugh. and it just happens all the time. And I really enjoyed this. I thought both the, the human beings as such fighting was choreographed really well. Mm. I don't think it was over-edited. I think, they, I think it was actually light on action but in a good way yes it I didn't, agree it, you know it didn't it didn't I couldn't I couldn't say this phrase earlier so I'm going to try and say it now when I was talking to Kevin it it it's welcome wasn't overstayed that's not right it didn't overstay it's welcome for <laughs> yes. some reason I can't say yeah. that <laughs> I, I know exactly what you mean I mean one of, the things, one of the things I was concerned about is um and this always bothers me um, uh, is the moment a character sort of gets into a fight or whatever, and all of a sudden they know Kung Fu or something yeah. like that. And I was like, if all of a sudden Konshu and, and um, Amit are trading blows and sort of like, you know. <laughs> Their fights was amazing. It's basically, it literally was like nobody could see me because obviously it's not visual, but when I was going, Rawr, it yeah. was just like Kaiju's just randomly flapping an arm in somebody yeah. else's face. It's a bit like crank high it. voltage when uh, yes. Jesse Satan gets massive and gets a big paper mache head. Yes. And I mean that in a complimentary way, by the way, in case anybody thinks I'm being disparaged. No, 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 no. Not that's, at all. That's the second time I've had someone's reference that to me this week. So oh, amazing. That's amazing. Um, oh, that makes me yeah, so that, happy. That, that's exactly what it was. But it felt like a big fight. Like, she uses the tail. He's got his staff. Like, it felt proper. Uh, as, a, as a big fight. Now you say about there was a, there's a shot which was amazing, and there was a shot when I think Moon Knight was down and Harrow was stood over him, and in the over them, like looming over them, you see uh, Ahmet dragging Konshu away, and you're like, oh Christ, this has gone completely pear shaped. It's gone, but the perspective and everything was it was a, I was like, I was gonna I want to screenshot that like it just looked awesome. Um, so yeah, I was really impressed with all this. The one thing that struck me today, I was thinking, I was reflecting on this, because we've mentioned that like Thor, God and Thunder, um, Love and Thunder's coming out soon. What does this do? This is a big question, so I don't expect us to sort of to answer it here. What would this do to world religions? Is what really struck me because I was like, right, we've had confirmation in the MCU world that the Norse gods existed. Like we've seen Thor and Loki, and um, we've seen we've seen literally got evidence of the you know, that existed, like the, the, we've seen the Bifrost, like that exists. Now we've literally seen the uh, re- Egyptian gods <laughs> fighting between pyramids. So we've been showing these ancient religions, these pre-Christian religions are all going mm. like, look at these ancient deities that exist. What does this do to world religion? I sort of think about it, I was like, this must be, because there's people in the street watching this that must be going like, Bloody hell. I think I've backed the wrong horse on this one. I really have. So we've had aliens and now there's loads of different gods just from yeah. different... Celestial different coming out of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like the earth is an egg, you know, mm. like all of a sudden, like, so, you know, literally they've, they've, they've actually established... That's a really good point, actually. So now with the celestials, we've confirmed that, like, you know, oh, no, the, the planet is an egg. It was created to birth a celestial. It wasn't created like you know, so 
there is no creationism, you know. So it, I'm, I'm not being anti-Christian, but the MCU most definitely is. <laughs> I would like to be anti-Christian. I, I think it's really lovely. I think it's, I think these are religions and mythologies and histories that we should explore. And I love the idea of them existing in parallel. The mm. So when we, you were talking about Layla's costume, it made me think of the video game God of War. Oh, yes. Um, And the Valkyries, funnily enough, in God of War. And God of War mixes two mythologies. And it works well. Why would they not exist? Why would they Mm. not coexist? Right? If so, all these different religions, all all of them think they're they're the real religion, but why can they not coexist? Why can't there be different gods from different religions, different mythologies, different histories? Why can that not be a thing? I think it's ace. Let's bring in more. It'll just yeah. be fun. And then we well, can all talk about Norse mythology, Egyptian mythology some more, because they're cool and interesting and important. Yeah, and obviously within Marvel, uh, within the actual comics, like they've explored all kinds of um, yeah, right? pantheons. Like they've got the Greek gods are in there as well. Yeah. Hercules is literally a hero yeah. in the MCU. Mm. Hairy chested Hercules. Uh, he's a proper like because he he'll be an interesting character as well because he's openly gay as well in the the MC in the six one six now so he's you know so that would be a great interesting character to uh, to counter. Oh, let, let's make them all angry, all the different religions, mythologies, and make some of them gay and women. Oh, <laughs> let's let's make one well, of them trans and really just piss everybody <laughs> off, and I will be so happy. Yeah, what, was it? What did they say? Go woke, go broke, and then there's <laughs> there's Kevin Feige going like, "Sorry, I'm too busy counting my billions of dollars." <laughs> um, I mean, to be fair, we have had oh, also like Afterlife, haven't we? Because we've had the Black Panther Wakandan idea of Afterlife, yeah, of course, and so yeah. we've had multiple Afterlifes now as well. So, yeah, you're right. We've we've already had quite a few. We've got the the Norse, and that we've had the I don't know what the Wakandan, I'm sorry for they called it. They but... called it something in the, in the last episode because when Tara actually You're acknowledges right. it because she says, Oh, what you think there's more, there's only one plane mm. of existence? No, of course not. There's loads. So she, they've completely acknowledged now that this thing exists at different levels. So yeah, they called it something. I think they called it sort of, um, what do they call the Serengeti? The, the um, not the planes, um. Whatever that is, the two black faces. Sorry, yeah, yeah the, the, Af- the African, the African grasslands and stuff. They had, they had no, it's answer. to do with geography. You're yeah. not going to get okay. an answer for. But me. it was, it was. They acknowledge it. Mm. So you're right. They've got all these different um, afterlives and different things. I think it's really cool. I just think mm. it's a great idea that they're exploring all these ancient deities and stuff, and these things exist. Um, and they chose to come to Earth, like the any added, like because they're, they're in the, the overvoid. They exist in a different dimension. Um, but anyway, they do. They they sort of they beat Harrow, and this is the thing. So Harrow is beaten because he's, he's obviously beat, beating Mark, and he blacks out. And when we come back, everybody's dead, and he's about to crack open Harrow's head like an egg, and we're not sure why. So the, obviously, you said we've seen this thing of there was a, a sarcophagus that was rumbling away at one point. We've had other blackouts where someone was stabbed. This is obviously still this third altar. Well, is this this other altar? Um, we're not going to meet just yet. Um, and you, you're right, though, but there's still, a, you know, you said about this, and this is the thing you mentioned before, Jack, about sort of like, I would investigate this. Mm. We don't know that they're not, but we also like, we also don't know that they are. <laughs> and I think that's a problem, sort of like, because, especially because of the epilogue. Um, but we will get, or hopefully we'll get to that. 
uh, to explore some of that. But there's a point where, like, you hear, like, Mark and Stephen are both like, that wasn't us. But we can't stop right now. Like, we're literally on the brink. We've got to go do this. Um, so it's clearly disconcerting for them because Layla's like, what? The point I thought that was interesting, you don't see. You don't see what Layla saw because, and we know it's Jake. We have that confirmed by, and spoilers for 10 minutes beyond this point. Um, we see that Stephen has the Mr. Knight costume. We see that Mark has the cowled Moon Knight costume. What does Jake have? Because, mm. you know, not only has he gone and just like kills everybody, like what does he look like when he's doing that? Like what costume is he wearing? And we haven't seen that yet. So that was interesting. Um, I think it's often what you do on stories out of time and space is that, you know, it just needs a line. We need one mm. line. We're like, you're right. We can't stop now. We've got to get Harry there. And we've got to do this. And we've got to do that, which also happens a bit too quick. But yeah. um, we'll come back to this later. That's it. Yeah. That's all it needed. Yeah. It needs an agreement between Mark and Stephen where like, we've got to look into this. Like, we, mm. You and I need to talk about this. So like you say, later on. And as you said, Layla needs to be a bit, a bit more reactionary here. Like, what the fuck were you just like... That wasn't you. Like this, really needs to be like. Yeah, they all need to be a bit more involved in that. I think yeah. this is where, though, and I agree with what you're about to say, what you think you were alluding to. This this final bit from the from the um, blackout to the end of sort of like say the main episode is way too fast. It's way I, too I, easy and way yeah. too rushed. I hated it. I, they get they get to the, the pyramid. End. They do this thing where they sort of like they they sing, sing kumbaya. They start singing Kumbaya and holding hands. They and they, they, you know, they have the gods help them and stuff. And then they basically trap Ahmet in um, Harrow's body. And Conchu saying, like, if you kill them, him, you kill them both. But Mark can't, you know, he's finally like, no, I'm not going to kill. I'm, I'm, you know, we are now Moon Knight and I'm accepting my own path. I'm not going to follow, you're not going to manipulate me anymore, which is great for him. Um, but he refuses to kill him. But like I said, that whole section just feels like. Does anyone watch? Have you ever seen that? There's a thing on YouTube that Screen Rant did called Pitch Meetings. Have you ever seen them? Mm. I highly recommend it because they're incredibly funny. But basically, it's this guy, uh, Ryan, he's a comedian, and he basically plays these two characters a guy's pitching the meeting, and then they're like a studio executive. And they'll get to a point in a show where it's like, you know, this is, you know, for example, Indiana Jones trapped in a pit of snakes and be like, oh my God, that's. That sounds incredibly difficult. How, how do they get away? You know, oh, it's 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 you know incredibly easy, barely an inconvenience. And that's the phrase, like barely an inconvenience. And that's what this felt like. It's sort of like, so you know, he has him down, and what happens? Oh, well, you know, the gods help. It's it was easy, barely an inconvenience. Like it just sort of happens. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, well, that's quick. Mm. Um, it didn't feel like a struggle. Like it felt like it had been a battle yeah. to get there, but there was no struggle or sacrifice to have to, to have Amit, you know, um, encased in in Harrow. Like there should have been something to to, I don't know, some sort of sacrifice, something sort of like to, to do that. Um, so and if you're Amit, you presumably would know that that temple is somewhere where you can be trapped. So like, get the hell out it. of there or destroy it. Well, yeah, destroy quite. It, yeah. So, yeah, like, why couldn't she be, like, clawing away at it and trying to try? I don't know. It felt, again, like, like mm. you said, we could do one on stories at some space. I'd, I'd, probably, I'd probably start on a tangent of fixing it. Um, but it did feel like it was too easy at that point. Um, 
but that's the end for all intents and purposes. Like, you know, it, it then sort of transitions to they're back in London. Um, it, it's Mark in or in bed. Have I missed anything? That's right, isn't it? It does sort of end there, and then that's it. There's a little bit in b- before, but maybe we're going to talk about that afterwards because it's sideways to the main plot, isn't it? Yeah, it, it flashes Mark... to white, and we go somewhere that's white. Oh God, yes, no, yes. Let's London. let's talk about that first, actually, before we do, because that is a sort of the the final moment. They do they go back to the institution, don't they? Mm. And Doctor Harrow is there, and and stuff, and you have Mark, and you have Stephen, and his feet are bleeding. Um, yeah, and this is him making that choice to go back and save people, he says. What are your thoughts on this then? Because this is sort of like, are they trying to remain ambiguous, do you think? Or did this feel like in his head, just making that decision? I think it's nice if it's open for how different people interpret it. How I interpret it is that he... It, it's that continued continued reconciliation of his world and of mm. his of 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 him deciding to not to so it really reminded me I'm trying to get it really reminded me of normal again the buffy episode mm-hmm. Did normal mm-hmm. again yeah mm. and and you know how buffy makes a conscious decision at that spoilers by the way for a tv show that's very old 20 years old yeah um um, you know Buffy makes the conscious decision that the world in Sunnydale is the real world um Mm. and I still believe the world in Sunnydale is the real world I that's my take from that show and I feel like it's very much like that it is the the Mark Stephen world with Egyptian gods them being in Egypt all of that sort of stuff is the real world and it's him having to go it is the real world it may not be great it may be brutal but it, this is my interpretation. But no, 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 I, I yeah. need to I need to go and continue living in that world. So I need to break down this construction to to put an end to put an end to it to go into this real world. And the bloody feet is his signifier of that of going. The bloody feet wouldn't from the fight wouldn't be here. Yes. If if this was well, it's real. the glass, it's the glass mm. in his shoes. Glass, as well, yeah, isn't yeah, it, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I agree. I've, I've got I've got a thought and something, but Jack, have you noticed? Um... It bothered me, and I can't. I don't know if it was the transition, the fade to white, and then, or if it was the placement in terms of the editing and the pacing. Yes, that's it, what I was going to say. It didn't work for me, if I'm honest. In that moment, um, I like what you just said there, Rhea, and I think the the kind of Easter eggy comic fan notion for it, or the like. Um, open-endedness of like you get to decide like choose your own adventure is it this or is it that i i get it i, I, I if it was me and i'd made this episode i would have pulled it out probably I, I don't think it added yeah. anything I agree. It, it feels like a redo of what they've just done in the afterlife yeah mm. but they've made this decision they're going to go back um because to, to what you're saying Rhea, i i agree you, you mentioned uh, normal again the, the buffy episode it also links to me to the end of Life on Mars. I don't know if you ever saw that with um, John Sim and, and Philip Glister. At the end of that, like you've got like uh, John Sim gets taken back to the seventies. Like he has a car accident, he wakes up in the seventies, and then he keeps hearing this thing. But like everything he's living in the seventies is real. Like he's literally influencing the future. That's you know. So the end of the series is spoilers again for a show that's I think fifteen years old, <laughs> but very very good. Um, 
he he has a choice to stay in the he, he regains consciousness and sort of comes out into the the 2000 2000s whatever and um he's given a choice you can stay here or you can go back because when he wakes up he's actually left he made a choice to leave that world and he can go back but to do it he has to basically commit suicide like just get to go back to it and so it feels like a transition much like in normal again buffy's making that choice to choose a transition but like you say the afterlife has already provided them that they've already done Mm. that bit and gone they'll be making a choice to save people that's what we're choosing to do with the way are the package deal we've come back to life we could have stayed in the field of reeds and so to do it again felt like hammering that nail again too hard i was like like you jack i just said pull that out no need for that Mm. makes no sense just leave it and it's a short episode anyway isn't it so like Mm. then give that time somewhere else where we've already noticed there's a couple of problems i felt sorry to wind back right to the start but that after they leave the um temple where Amat's been found and then um lady says goodbye to mark and she takes the beetle off his chest all of that mm. was a bit wasn't very well done i don't think either it looked like she was going to use the beetle to track harrow yes. and then the next shot she's already on the convoy with them so again it feels like something's been removed there put that back in that would have been much more interesting than than this i think yeah i think there's been some chopping and changing couple, there was a couple of jump cuts i felt in this episode like she's confronting um, you know, Layla again is confronting Conchu. They sort of agree to work together. The next scene, Conchu's pretty much sort of in the chamber and stood in front of Amit. And I was like, hang on, what, what's going on here? So if it, everything felt a bit too, mm. too choppy. I, so mm. I agree with that. It felt like this sort of, this had been cut down for pacing, I think. But I think they, they almost they did it in the wrong places. Yeah, agreed. Um, so yeah, so I agree with that. So yeah, we do, but we do pass that. They're back in London and we find that. We don't know where Layla is. There's no reference mm. to Layla. <laughs> really annoyed me. Yeah, I agree. I was like, but then that's when I was like, oh, maybe we're going to get, that's when I was like, oh, she might be in the epilogue or something. Um, but they're back in London. They are working together. And that's sort of the end. And we see that they've chained themselves back to their bed. Now, this was what I thought was interesting. You saying about, you saying about them having not investigated, them chaining themselves to that bed tells me because that's exactly what Stephen was doing because he didn't know about Mark that tells me that Mark and Stephen have made a choice to do it because they don't know who this other this this mm. black hats are about so that was sort of like that was my the, the nod that it said to me that they are thinking about it but what they are doing about it I don't know um so that was sort of the end that's sort of <laughs> the end nice little yeah. circular narrative tie yeah. up do you, do you think that they listened to our first episode and went, you know, we need to do some reshoots and end on Oscar Isaacs being chained by the ankle? To no, because if, if they'd have listened to it, I think the whole episode would have just been him chained to a bed. And <laughs> I think that, that would have been... Do you know what? Tanya, that doesn't work Tanya, for me. That it's, yeah. it's very specifically that. I do, just just yeah. saying. Okay, we'll, we'll see. I'll reach out and find out. Can I? Um but we do get to a post-credit scene. In the post-credit scene, we find that Harrow is now in a mental institution or a psychiatric institution, which isn't, you know, ironic because obviously of where Mark, where Mark found himself. And um, whilst he is sat there, someone uh, approaches him and says, "I'm to go for a walk," or someone's come, someone's come to take you for a walk. A hand is rested on his shoulder, and he has leaned out. Now you don't see this person, but as they le- as they are leaving, you see glimpses in corner mirrors and some of the bits and as they're leaving you see that the guy at reception has been decked 
not just decked, it looks like they've actually their throat cut. I was like, that's a couple of people, I think, like a yeah. Yeah. And they walk outside and it is revealed that it is you see basically that it is Oscar Isaac in a flat cap and a brown jacket. Now the costume is I'm, I'm gonna go a bit, I'm gonna do a bit of a fanboy in a moment. In fact, I'm gonna fanboy a lot for this bit. He gets him into the back of a limousine. And we find that uh, Conchu is sat in the back of the limousine wearing a suit, which is phenomenal because that <laughs> is exactly what is in the comics. Um, so he's now got this comic accurate thing. And he says, oh, you thought I was going to leave you alone? Um, Mark doesn't realise how damaged he is. He thought Layla was meant to be my next avatar. I'd like you to meet my friend. The window comes down, the division between the back cabin in the driver's seat. Oscar Isaac leans back and says, I'd like to introduce you to Jake Lockley. Jake pulls out a gun and shoots Harrow several times. And then it pulls away and it's a white limousine with Spectre as the uh, license plate and it drives off into London. Um, now that's, that limousine is in the, the, the Ellis run. So uh, Declan Shelby uh, wrote that, as is that design. So that design of, of, of Konshu in the suit uh, is everything is, is the Declan Shelby sort of design from the Warren Ellis run and, and on from there, really. So, we're seeing all that. I was like, I was like, this is so good. Uh, and, but the, the, the Jake Lockley look is spot on as well, like that brown's like you know, that's the sort of like the cabbie look that they've had. Now, though, this is the other thing that's interesting they've made him, I was gonna say, he speaks Spanish, I'm so whether sure. he's Hispanic or he's Spanish. Um, I kind of like that. Because it's sort of it's bizarre, but this whole epilogue, um, Jack. What were your thoughts on this whole epilogue? So, yeah, I just pick up on that Spanish part first. So, correct me if I'm wrong. Oscar Isaac is like Guatemalan, like yes, South American, like yes. Percent? Now, I, do they speak Spanish? Yet? Do they speak Portuguese? Yet? I don't know, but I mean, I wonder if that's something he's bringing to it as an actor. I don't know what language they speak in what countries. Sorry, everybody that I've just offended. Um, but it's you know it's derivations of those two languages, isn't it? So is that a skill set he's got he wants to bring? I don't know. I I found it. Lockley, I, just gonna say, Lockley doesn't feel like the most Spanish of names, but there you go. No, <laughs> or good matter. point. Yeah, uh, it, it was intriguing. It was puzzling. It had a kind of James Bondy vibe as a mm. the, the the limo went away. I know, like you hate these comparisons of like the poor man's Batman. I no, don't, no, it, no. It, it didn't have that at all. It felt more James Bondy, if you like, and particularly because Spectre, of course, and Spectre being the villainous. It did leave me asking questions like why Jake Lockley seems to be quite so violent and why he has this different skill set than Mark and Stephen have. Well, they had different skill sets when they were, yeah, sure. Before they were uh, unified. But, but why, yeah. if he's a cabbie, his is to be like a, well, a mad serial I killer. I don't think. I don't think they're going down the cabbie. Route. <laughs> Fair enough. No, okay, I honestly right. don't think. I think they are going down the violent route. Mm. And I think you know, if this gets to explored again, I think we'll find there was further trauma that I think, and, and you know, it it could be for other reasons, but it could be like you know, during the war when he was a soldier, uh, other things. But anyway, so I, I won't get into it. No, no, and the, and the other thing was the Conchu suit. Like you were saying, how rad it was, and it was comic accurate, yeah. and that was really nice. But it looks like Stephen's suit, so I don't know if we were meant to be reading anything into that as well. It's just a white suit, I think. Is that sort of like because it's that 
he's, he's been wearing those mummy wraps, hasn't he? The mummified wraps that are all sort of grey. But which do look more like the mucks. I don't um, Again, mm, yeah. maybe I'm making too much of something that's not, not there. I, th- I think it was just a fanboy nod. I think that was more of a comic nod, Easter egg, than, than anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, but did you like it? What were your thoughts? On, you know, did, is it, does it work for you? Is it, is it? Yeah, it's a payoff to something which they've been leading up to, isn't it? And it's the first thing that they've done this season, which is quite refreshing. And I think... Um, it's one of those fanboy moments that does deliver. You know, we mm. often talk about like, do they work or don't they work? I think this one, clearly it's worked for you, but I think within the show it works as well. Yeah. Really, what were your thoughts? You talked about it so beautifully then that you really walked us through the moment and why it worked and why it was really nice. And I liked the moment as well. I thought, I thought as soon as they started to wheel Harrow off, I was like, we, we all know who yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know it's going... But it, I, I still felt joy in it. I don't know if joy is the right word, but I was along for the ride with it and I really liked it. And I loved it. I loved the limo. I absolutely loved Conchu being in the, in the limo. What a legend. He's yeah. like, excuse me, I think you're fine. I'm going to have a giant white limo. Uh, Conchu is much. a baller. Let's yeah, be right. <laughs> absolutely. I was like, brilliant. Love it. I love your energy, sir. Um, all <laughs> completely rude for me by the weird... Spanish Robert De Niro impression yeah. from Oscar Isaac at the end. And I just burst out laughing. I was like, why is he being Spanish Robert De Niro? <laughs> and I, I, I like, just when you talk about it, then I was trying to not laugh because it's just in my head. And he does the little mouth downturn. It's and just so lovely moment, but completely ruined for me. I if like, I could do I accents, don't know what he's done. Scott, I don't know. You know you're talking to me <laughs> yeah. in a Spanish accent. I mean, please, somebody attempt that. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, I just and I just thought, what a strange decision for the very end, for the very last shot. And <laughs> but they like, quick, quick, quick! We've just got to do it. Just yeah, that, just that, do this ex- weird thing. That's exactly how it felt to me because I think you know when you go back and you watch, we've been complimenting Oscar Isaac for his you know, the the transition between Mark and Stephen, and how they are seen as different people. Like you, you literally could take them as different people. This and that's that's done for these hours and hours of, of footage, and he's obviously done it, and you know all this stuff. And this is for like what f- five minutes of screen time, and I'm pretty sure they were like, right, we're gonna have Jake Lockley. <laughs> he's gonna speak Spanish. He can't be. He can't be. He's got to look violent. He can't be Jake or Stephen. So he's gone. Hmm. <laughs> I shall do frowny face. <laughs> And I think that's it. I think that's literally it. I think, and you're right. It doesn't quite. It's disappointing. That bit is disappointing in the sense that, like, Mark and Stephen feel so rounded, and Jake feels a bit like <laughs> grumpy face. Um, however, the Spanish bit didn't bother me so much because I'm terrible with language and accent. So it did that. I was like, okay, I'll accept that. The thing that, that I this leaves obviously open ended. There are no plans. For, this is they keep saying this is a mini series. There are no plans for season two, and they said, "Oh no, this feels to us like a complete series." To me, this felt like the first arc of a of a, a book. Like this would go on, um, and I want to. I really want to see more. I think if this was received well, I think hopefully we will see this character back. However, the one thing I'm curious is like they've obviously where did this limo come from? <laughs> <laughs> that has a spectre that's called like you know there's never Lockley or Conshu as the as the, the plate. It has spectre on it. I'm happy that it's been parked somewhere out of sight. Fine. How long is this blackout though? 
Mm. That like they're like Jake Lockley is able to toot around town in this limo. Go, go to this. By the way, it's also called the Sinkovich uh, Psychiatric uh, Institution, which I thought was brilliant. Nice nod, yeah. Um, and do this, kill someone, and then drive off, and then obviously going to dispose of the body and then come back. Like this is you know that's why I was like, come on, no, this can't be the end. I want to know more. Like you know, so it was great and I enjoyed it, but it also felt like a it felt like a, a tease. Like I've been waiting for this the whole season, the whole series. And then they gave it to me and I'm like, they were like, bye. And you're just like, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> so, yes. But anyway, so we, we are now to the end. So any, any final thoughts then for, for this episode? Really, no. Jack? Other, I just want to defend myself. I just Googled it as you were talking. They do speak Spanish in Guatemala, so I'm safe. <laughs> well done. High fives all round. <laughs> so, yeah, that, maybe, maybe, maybe like it was simply that, you know, Oscar Isaac, I can speak Spanish. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Just, it's only for a five-minute section. Mm. Um, more. That's that's my final thought. Yeah, let's have yeah. some more, please. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Ria, what do you think? More? More agreed, yeah. Do, do, the way that the MCU is going, obviously, we're getting this new generation of characters. We know you were getting sort of uh, the mighty Thor with, with Natalie Portman. Uh, Miss Marvel, we're getting She-Hulk. We've got Sam Wilson, Captain America, you know, hopefully returning soon. Do you think Moon Knight could stand, you know, Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight could stand up in on the big screen with, against, you know, next to Doctor Strange and, uh, you know, whatever others are, are coming up? That's a really interesting question because you know what? It's the Marvel shows so far, and I know we're going backwards because they were film characters first they yeah. feel like film characters in a tv show mm. this does feel like a tv show character mm-hmm. that we would have to graduate up and, and i think it is more than just where we first met them i think it is you you alluded to batman 66 earlier. i think is there's a little bit of that serialized that yeah, as yeah, you said episodic. like six arc episodic comic i think there's a little bit of that about how we've got to know this character so yeah i think it would i think he'd have to pop up for a little while before we got a moon night movie yeah yeah so i don't think you know because the thing is i don't think this would have worked as a film no there's too much there. The whole sort of relationship between Mark and Stephen needed that time to breathe. And obviously introducing like Layla and then the development of Harrow. The TV show was the right choice. And I've loved pretty much every minute of it. Like I'm literally going to go back and start watching it again. I'm off all next week. I'm going to sit for a day and just watch Moon Knight. Um, and so like, yeah. But then I do think like Oscar Isaac is, a, he's proven himself as an actor. We've seen him mm. do an adventure. We've seen him do the good acting. I'd love to see this character opposite some of the big the big you know a-list uh character excuse me characters we've got in there now and i think doctor strange is probably one of the good ones to have you know we've got blade coming um you know if we've got other things coming yeah i, I don't know it just feels to me like he could work I mean, the thing that's interesting with the mcu at the moment and maybe i'm just missing things beyond sort of like god and um love and thunder I, I don't know if that's what's coming. We've got Wakanda Forever, which I think is coming next year. I think that's it. I think that's sort of, I don't mm. know what announcements there are. I don't know what's coming. So it feels like, you know, we've been waiting for Doctor Strange in the, the Multiverse of Madness. And then they're like, 
now you know what's there, we can announce all this other stuff. Um, that's true. And I'm wondering what's going to come up out of it. So there um, is that dichotomy. Oscar Isaac is a film star without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like you could see Moon Knight and Daredevil meeting up. Yeah. And Daredevil at the moment, again, feels like a TV character. So yeah, I don't know. Like Moon Knight is much bigger, isn't it? In terms of the scale, we've just been speaking about the um kaiju characters fighting, but yeah, my brain's not quite there yet for it to be a movie character. I don't know why. I'll be, I'll be interested to see, especially in Doctor Strange, or that's obviously because Thor, Thor is going to be off in the cosmic. Will there be a reference to, you know, the Cairo event mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. events, the, the odd events that were, occurred in Cairo? Like, does Wong come back and be like, I've just been over in Cairo? <laughs> um, you know, not sure what's going on there. Um, requires further investigation or something like I don't know, but like it feels like there should be at least a drop line or something to acknowledge that you know Wong and Doctor Strange feel like the people that should be investigating this kind of stuff. But mm. we shall see. Uh, Rhea, what do you think? Uh, I would like to see more of a sort of a Moon Knight popping up in other stories as a. You know, we talked at the beginning how for me it's very much either from uh from video games and things like that suddenly popping up being like hey this is a super bad criminal i've slaughtered them all you go clean up the mess type of stuff throughout the mcu before a sort of big screen thing happening but mm. I, don't, I don't really mind I, I you know i think I think if it just stays as it is, as a self-contained story, which I don't think makes sense in the wider universe, great. I'm pleased we've had it, and I'm pleased we've, we've all been able to watch it and talk about it. And we've had an amazing performance from Oscar Isaac. And I, 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 we keep on talking about him, but so many people in the cast have yes. been brilliant. Well, the main um, three, the top three. Main three. Mm. like Fantastic. Know, but voice acting has been mm. fantastic. You know, I don't think we should overlook that. Uh, I don't. I don't see it working as a film. I'd much rather see it as. I love. Hello, Daredevil and Moon Knight. I'm well up for that. Like, I'd much <laughs> rather see something like that. Yeah. No, it does depend what universe we're in. Of course, yeah, using that word universe true. here. Who knows what universe this that's is? Set very that's a true. very good point. Yeah, is this the MCU that we know, or is it a different one? Are we going to get a yeah, glimpse? Of no it? references at all. Right, nothing to anybody yeah. or anything else in this entire series. No, was there? There's a the, the, the only one that you get is, that's the, Wakanda wanted, one. is the Wakanda mm. Afterlife, and that's it. But that's Afterlife, which crosses all could yeah be, universes. Could be, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, so maybe like you said, the people that are seeing maybe maybe more people are seeing Oscar Isaac tonight. Don't know. We is, see. is Oscar Isaac's character Stephen Mark a conglomeration of different? universes coming into one that's what his did is Uh, i'm spitballing rubbish now it's 2011 guys sorry i'm gonna counter that just because i think you know i i I appreciate the more the trauma approach but yes it's been interesting and i think i would love some and i just want to see more moon knight so we shall see but it's been fantastic i've really enjoyed this series i've really enjoyed doing this podcast so i get to talk about some great people and to to have you both on here for the finale has been absolutely awesome so thank you very very much have you guys got anything else coming up what you got you know comics and motion what you guys got coming up soon 
More film so on film. Go Come on, first. film on film. When I'm going to go first because Jack's got an exciting new project to talk about. So I'll go first, get the boring out of the way. You're so film boring, on film, come and listen. I've just recorded episode five, I want to say, about the kids who are right. Uh, and obviously we've got Indie Comic Spotlight, Pop Gorillas, Pop, Pop, Pop. Come and join us Friday the 13th franchise mm. Mm. come and listen to us torture ourselves <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah so, well done yeah. for doing that franchise yeah. it's one of my least favorite slasher franchises but oh that's bad um yeah. and come and find me at fem on film or at ria carrigan on twitter fan dabby go on jack what have you got coming uh, well, yeah, so, so similar places. I'm also popular. I'm also an indie comic spotlight. And we are currently, uh, Tony and I, entrenched in Fringe, which I'm loving. And uh, really, you're watching along, or well, you're watching ahead, in fact, yeah. um, which is cool too, um, for Season's Greetings. But Fringe is so underrated. So I hope if people haven't watched it before, we're capturing a few new people. And then, as I've said before, because what the world needed was another podcast. <laughs> um, I've started my own called Back to the Filmography and I'm going to watch all of Jason Statham's films which is probably why Crank 2 was on my mind so the first episode's out already where we looked at Lockstock and then Snatch is going to launch on the Monday after this comes out so that's really exciting but speaking of projects I'm trying to persuade Rhea to do one yeah. as well with Miss Marvel coming out I want her yeah. to see about that today show. I know because we've got the, we, we have got things. We've got Kenobi coming next, May twenty seventh, mm. and then we've got Miss Marvel, and then we've got She Hulk. Come on, mm. I do love Miss Marvel as well. I absolutely love Miss Marvel. So I'm going to keep twisting her. I, she say, says I think you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm knowledgeable about it, but I've read it and love it. So it's the show. Let's talk about the show and get people on. I'll happily mm. come on to talk about that. I'm looking forward All to right. it. All right, fine. I'm going to do it. Fine. Exclusive. <laughs> An exclusive for the Midnight Mission. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. But thanks for taking us on this journey, Scott. It's been great because your you insight so has been so important yeah. to, to the show all the way through. No, it's been brilliant. I've really enjoyed this. It's been fantastic. This is my first proper contribution to, uh, you know, uh, comics in motion. So I think there'll be more. I think, you know, the, mm. there's a, I've wet the whistle now. It's a bit of a problem. You know, I'm like an addict. Can't stop talking. Um, but yes, but anyway, for ladies and gentlemen, there you go. Check, check out all those sort of things. Pop, uh, pop gorillas, feminine film. Uh, back to the filmography is actually I'm sort of yeah it's great I'm quite excited especially with this Jason Statham so if you can mm-hmm. get to go crank transporter uh, series um, yeah <laughs> Expendables oh you've got some doozies coming up mate um, yeah uh, what's the one you did with Jet Li um, oh, the uh, one war, the one and then there's oh, war. war yeah yeah you got some great films coming um, so yes that's very exciting but ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us in the Midnight Mission uh, this has been a pleasure to do, and hopefully we'll be talking more Moon Knight in the future. But as uh, we highlighted, there'll be, I'm sure, I'm sure Mike will be doing Kenobi. <laughs> and I'm sure, well, I know Rhea's agreed to now, she'll be doing Miss Marvel, mm. and we'll be back for... It's a binding uh, contract. So it is. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's written on a scroll it's done now. In, uh, in hieroglyphs <laughs> now. Uh, and we'll be back for She-Hulk as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, and uh, we shall talk again soon.